This is the Tabernacle Podcast with me, Britton Bishop. Uh, today I am joined by returning guest, and today she is co-host, uh, Victoria Hughes. Victoria, what's up? How are we doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh-huh. It is disgusting outside. <laughs> it is officially the time of year where it's like, so why are we here? That's why It's is, actually very British weather outside. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Isn't mm-hmm. it like this like year-round, though? Uh, nine months, that's Is that why you guys average. eat those peas on the fries? Mm-hmm. It's just pure response to depression. Uh, I'm just keep going. <laughs> I sent a picture of the. I don't know American people listening to this. There's this thing that they eat at mushy sporting peas. event. It looks disgusting. It's mushy peas. It's like peas made into gravy put on top no, of fries. No, that's what it looks like. Well, they're called marrow fat peas, mm, but they're mushy see, peas. Doesn't that sound even worse? And they go on chips, not Which fries. Are, but yeah, but if you're going to talk about peas, you have to talk about chips. Do you guys not call them fries because you don't want to acknowledge the French? I'm sure that's where it started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Victoria, what's up? Glad you're here. I needed to get those out of my system to start this. Uh, who's who's with us today, Victoria? Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for today. So sitting on my right is um, a woman that I absolutely love, one of my best friends. Um, she is uh, um, on the worship team. She's actually one of our worship leaders. She is uh, a founding member of the Majestically Awkward Club and also team member of uh, Team Mysterious Bruise. I found one on my finger this morning. So weird. We have Mysterious Bruises. But she's also the first lady of Buckley. Is that what you call the mayor's? What do you? I have no idea. Mayoral wife? I don't know. Meryl. We'll call Meryl. her the first lady of Buckley. Most people yeah, just still lady. call me Kelly. So this is Kelly. Kelly Pfeiffer. <laughs> Kelly Pfeiffer. It is Kelly uh, Pfeiffer. Man, welcome. So excited. Yeah, we have, uh, (laughs) your husband has joined us on this podcast, Mr. Tackus Pfeiffer. Yes, Mayor Buckley. Mayor. Mayor Tackus, sorry. My apologies. Please don't tell him I I didn't call him that. Uh, I love Tackus because he is the most random individual I've ever met. Like one day me and him are just talking and it can be about (laughs) sports. The next day he's telling me about some lawnmower he's fixing. And then we're talking about a boat and then he's hunting and I'm like, he is the most interesting man in Buckley, yeah, Michigan. This is so like, true. <laughs> Jack of all trades. Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we're excited. We're not here to talk about you, Tackus. Yeah. Uh, so, no, we're excited. I'm excited to talk about your change life story. Just for the church family uh, listening to this, just a reminder, uh, we are in our kind of this segment where we're doing seek first and all these things, but then now we're finding ourselves back um, at a change life story. And I want to remind us kind of, we haven't done one in a minute and why we do change life stories. I think that it's important for us as a church, as a podcast, and as just a people of Jesus to remember who he is and what he's done. Uh, and that's why these these episodes are important. That's why we do these things is because we want always to make much of what Jesus is doing in and through our lives. And so it can be really easy to to live a life and to go through things and to experience the highs and the lows and all of the stuff and forget in the midst of all of that, that Jesus has been in control, um, whether it be a really bad time or a really good time. And so we hope that this story can be uh, something that brings encouragement, uh, maybe brings light into your life and makes you aware of the places where Jesus is continuing to change your life. So thanks for being here and being a part of that. So we'll just kind of kick off. Where did it all kind of, where are you from? Um, I actually was born in Alpena, Michigan. So on the other side of the state, Um, that's where my mom is from. My dad grew up in Hillman. My mom grew up in Alpena. They met um, at a bar. But <laughs> called Bojangles. Oh man. Okay, but anyway, it's a funny, it's a funny story. We'll get into that. But um, but yeah. So I was born in Alpena, and uh, we moved to Traverse City when I was three. Okay. And my brother was four. So um, we've been here almost my whole life. My parents still live in the same house I grew up in. So your brother's a legend. 
Yeah, my brother's awesome. He's he's a, yeah. he's like he's like Batman. Like he's yeah. always in the shadows. You never <laughs> know where so he's true. at. But he's incredible. I <laughs> yeah. love that dude. He's so he's, awesome. He's an yeah. awesome he big brother too. Yeah. I've always looked up to him. So so yeah. moved to Traverse City when you were three. What was Traverse City like back? Like not b- back then. Like I'm not saying that, but like well, I mean, was it was it, a while ago. Let's was it bigger? Like was it more of a small town vibe? Like how was Traverse it was, City? It was more of a small town vibe back then. Um, there wasn't. I think where the mall is now, the Grand Traverse Mall, it was like all open field. Okay, you know, so there was nothing there. There there weren't nearly the amount of buildings that there are now yeah. the mall we had was like the Cherryland mall which is now the Cherryland center um but yeah it was it was much more small town gotcha. yeah what did you think of buckley at that time in your life <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to funny but no yeah. um when i was really i don't really didn't right. I don't really remember knowing much about buckley yeah. until i was like junior high high school yeah. and i was in traverse city so to us buckley was like redneck town yeah. you know we made fun of buckley it was like rednecks <laughs> you know talkie. i love <laughs> yeah. it and now you're the first lady so, i know, yeah. I know. <laughs> so um yeah moved to traverse city um kind of grew up there it was more of a small town vibe but like did you grow up in a christian home like was jesus like a part of you guys' life, what was that kind of, how did that work? Yeah, um, I actually grew up, um, both my parents grew up in the church. Um, my dad grew up Lutheran, and I think my mom was in a Baptist church, if I remember correctly. Um, but then she kind of became Lutheran when she mm. married my dad. And I actually grew up in um, going to Trinity here in town, Trinity okay. Lutheran. We went to school there, too, my brother and I from gotcha. kindergarten through sixth grade. So God was always a part of our lives. Um, I I wouldn't say I had um, a super strong relationship with him yeah. at that point. Like I knew about him growing up in that in that environment. It was they were very good about teaching knowledge, like mm. the the basic theological stuff. Yeah. You know, like the Trinity and who Jesus was, what he did for us, all that kind of stuff. So I had a very good foundation, and um, even in like you know biblical knowledge as far as like where things were found mm-hmm. in the bible that kind of stuff we did a lot of uh, bible verses in school yeah. memory verses mm-hmm. and stuff so it's kind of like a, it was very much so like a, there was a religion that was a yeah. part of your life at that time yes. but it wasn't necessarily like this idea of like new covenant relationship with jesus type okay yeah. that makes sense um just most people that find themselves in those circles uh no offense to those circles but that tends to be kind of there's standards and rules and practices that are mm-hmm. in place that kind of you stick with what was that like for you Growing up in that, going to school in a Christian school, your parents are Lutheran. Like, what was kind of your viewpoint of all of that at the time? Was it just like, was it just homework? Was it like, like there's something to this? Like, what were your kind of? Um, I think I always, I, I, I don't remember ever having a time where I doubted any of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just knew that God was real. Yeah. You know, I knew He was there, and I knew Jesus was real, and that wasn't just a story. Um, but I. I don't know. I guess I was really sheltered, I think. Yeah. You know, it, it definitely affected the circles that I kind of ran in. You mm-hmm. know, it was like I was always at school or church, youth group, like stuff like that. Um, Girl Scouts, you know, yeah. for a brief time. I was Great a Girl cookie. Scout. No free shout outs, Girl Scouts. I was a Girl Scout dropout. I got bored. Oh. But um, I got kicked out. That's okay. <laughs> were, they, were they still slinging cookies back then? Like, they is were. that still a yeah. big deal? Yeah. No free shout outs, Girl Scouts. We'd yeah. love some cookies, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. So I was definitely very, <laughs> I was definitely She's playing percussion. I, right. Very. Uh, it's nothing. Foster Christie, when he was on here, was just like, bam, bam. Like just banging on him. Like, why are you talking like that? I have, 
<laughs> two boys and I'm anxious. You know? I'm used Love to percussion. It. Love it. So yeah, it was just kind of like that. You found yourself in like these sheltered. Mm-hmm. Like we all just kind of agreed. It's kind of we're like yeah. seeing like that was just kind of the the outlier of that. That's cool. So you went there through sixth grade. Yep. What was after sixth grade? Did you just like did they feed you the wolves? Uh, no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I I did go. I was transferred to the public schools. Okay. Um, they they did so, yes. actually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they did have a junior high at at Trinity, but we decided just it was time to kind of. That was Traverse City was still one bit. school at that point, right? Um, for the junior high, there were two. Okay, they had East and West, and gotcha. I went to East. Um, and it wasn't middle school; it was junior high back then. It was mm-hmm. ninth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I transferred there, and that was it. Was a bit of an eye opener. I still kind of felt sheltered though, because I still did a lot of church stuff. You know, yeah. we were still involved in like youth group and mm. singing at church and stuff like that. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, it's weird because I don't have a lot of really specific memories right. from like earlier on in my yeah. life, you know? No, that's and cool. so when people are like, what's your earliest memory? I'm like, I don't know, right. you know? Right. So. No, it's, it's, it's good um, because I think that, that obviously that points to the fact, and I think so many students, like I'm, I'm around students all the time and so many students find themselves in the context that we exist, right, as kind of like where you're at a little bit. Like, man, like I'm in church. Like this is just kind of what I do. Mm-hmm. And I think often it's like am I experiencing less than because this is where I find myself. And I think it just points to the fact like, no, it's okay to be a part of this from the beginning. Like to go to church. Like there's so many people that are like, oh, my my story. Like I just it, I didn't go to prison for 30 years and then all of a sudden like break free from addiction and fall in love with Jesus. It's like I almost for me and I don't – Victoria, you might agree with this. Like I'm more impressed if that's a good word. It's probably not. Like with people that are like I've just loved Jesus since yeah, yeah, the beginning. Yeah. Like there's never been a – like. I've just this has just been the way it is, and I think that for me, like that's something that points to like this long obedience. Like, I love it. I think it's awesome. I, I wish that that was kind of more the story that we hear of people that are like, no, like this is just what we did, and we love Jesus, and it's who I am, and it's never shifted. Like, I'm sure there's times where there's ebbs and flows, but I love that aspect of it. So, where did you kind of transitioning into junior high and high school, like going to youth group? Like, was it did it was there a point where it became like more than religion like, i don't know like it was there like a relationship aspect that ever played in or was it always just kind of like this is what we do mm-hmm. um i think i was trying to think about that and i think there was a point in junior high where um i was a nerd so i was in like the academically talented classes and and all the kids in this class had kind of come from the same school so mm-hmm. i didn't really know anybody but they kind of all knew each other and there was one girl um that I made friends with and we became really good friends and she went to a different church. It was still a Lutheran church, but it was um, evangelical as opposed to the, I grew up in Missouri Synod, which gotcha. is like really strict. Yeah. And um, the evangelical Lutheran church was a little bit not as strict, I guess. Um, and I don't know, we just started talking about things like I would see, you know, her relationship with God as opposed to like kind of my knowledge and mm-hmm. stuff. And I don't know. I was just kind of intrigued by that, you know, and I remember that really made a huge difference in my thinking. <coughs> and so um, we actually we actually ended up leaving Trinity for various reasons. And so we decided to go to her church and try it out. And um, <coughs> there was still there was still a little bit more of a I feel like a religion aspect to it, but there was a little more emphasis on the relationship mm-hmm. side of it. So I feel like that kind of was a maybe a bit of a easing into that hmm. you know it wasn't like a an extreme difference yeah. but it was a little bit more so i got a little bit more of the relational side um 
as opposed to the more like I guess ritualistic type stuff. When so. you say intrigue, like there were things that intrigued you. Do you remember like what any like specifically were like were like some of the things that stuck out that were like different? Um, I don't know. I think it was just she just was a little bit different than you know. I mean, I I don't know. It's hard to explain it. Yeah, there's just an air about her. You mm. know, just that. I think, you know, when you meet those people who are just in love with Jesus, like they just have an air about them. There's just something different about them. And yeah. and I was like, well, you know, I know God and I know Jesus, but, you know, I don't I don't know him in that way. And mm. that was interesting mm. to me. Yeah, that's know? cool. It reminds me of like in the book of Acts where they meet um, Peter and and there's other disciples there. But the scripture, it says um, it was they were ordinary, unschooled, untrained men, but they'd been with Jesus. And that's kind of like mm. the like. There's just those people that we interact with in life, and it's like, you're very much the same as me, but something's different. Mm-hmm. And especially in the spiritual sense, it's like, and she'd been with Jesus. And that mm-hmm. kind of like stuck out to you. There was an air about it, like you're saying. Like, I think that's cool because there's so many <clears throat> excuse me, um, times and places in our lives where like that's all people want to see is like, man, they've been with Jesus. And I think about the story when the – triumphal entry when Jesus is coming into town and they're standing there and the disciples and Philip is standing there watching and Philip's a Greek and everybody's around and it says that the Greeks came to Philip, people that looked like him, people that Mm -hmm. came from the same tradition as him, talked like him, and they said, we want to see Jesus. Like, you've been near him. How do I get there? And I think there's like something to be said about your friend that probably didn't like just overtly like preach like crazy to you like she was probably just herself based off what i'm understanding but Mm -hmm. it was just like there's something different about you and i want to know what it is Mm -hmm. and i think that that's such a good just word for us like as people that love jesus is like does anybody know like do do you act like it can they see it like in your life can they see it in your lifestyle like is there something different about you we talked about last night um in a fight club that i'm a part of just that aspect of like if we took away everything else, would anybody know that you love Jesus? Like at work, at school, whatever. So I think it's cool to hear that like there was just something different. And she didn't tell me like all the time. I think there's times and places absolutely to preach the gospel, but I think there's also times and places to live it. And I love that you're pointing that out. That's so cool. I don't know. Do you have anything? Yeah, I wanted to ask you. So you sang at church at the first uh, Trinity and then – were you singing in choirs and stuff at school? No, I didn't. Um, I just sang. When I was at Trinity, we had this group called, I think we were called the Corleers or something like that. I mean, we had like the red skirts and the white tops. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. You got to bring those back. All of that. I'm no. good. Yeah. <laughs> Tab youth worship. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I'm open to it, but probably not. Uh, yeah, they were styling. Um, no, but I, so I did that. Um, and then there was like a smaller, like more special choir that I did join like later on in my elementary school years. You know how humble she was? Very special. Was like, there was one that was better than the other one, <laughs> and they let me be a part of it. <laughs> she just didn't want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> you'll see that. You'll see yeah. that theme running through all here. But, um, but yeah, and uh, I think I in junior high I wanted to be in choir, but I had to choose between the the AT classes, okay, the advanced classes, and then choir. And I knew I wasn't going to make singing my career because I was. I didn't. I, I was way too shy for that. I'm like, there's no way this is gonna be a career, so I might as well go with the academics because I knew I wanted to go to college and I was good in school. You know, I was a straight A student, so I'm like, it made more sense to do yeah. that. So, 
So I did that. So I didn't really do a whole lot in junior high until I started going to um, to this other church with my friend Julie. Yeah, that was my question. So yeah, so you yeah. did so you sang at your first church, and then when you went to her church and sang, what did you feel the difference? Um, a little bit. So she and I did more like special music together. Like okay. she she played the piano and she sang. Her family was incredibly talented uh, musically. And so she would play the piano and I would sing a lot. Um, I also did, I would do like accompaniment tracks, you know, just sing okay. along to like a, a track that was pre-recorded. Um, so I didn't, I didn't do, it wasn't like I was up there leading worship because since it was like the the Lutheran church, they didn't really have a worship leader per se. Right. They had like someone playing the piano the and, all and then we had yeah. like the hymnals and yep. stuff. So yeah, so there wasn't really worship leading as far as that's concerned. But I always, I always had a desire to share special music. Um, mm. I think okay. I told you before, yeah. like. I would hear a song or like see the lyrics to a song or something. And I just would have this desire to like, you need to share that with people. Mm. You know, it's, it's just always been this, this thing, you know, yeah. that God puts on my heart. So that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. So you started, did your whole family started going to the evangelical Lutheran church? Mm-hmm. Did you see like anything shift within your family? Like as you guys kind of made that transition from whatever the Missouri, Missouri Synod, Missouri yeah. Synod <laughs> to, uh, like the evangelical Lutheran, did you see a shift in your family or was it kind of just kind of stayed the same? Like we're doing the thing or. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one because there was some other stuff that went on. So going back to what you know about my mom um, in late elementary school, early junior high, my mom suffered um, like four years, really, really deep depression. Mm. And um, I don't know at what point this is kind of the stuff. I don't really remember timelines as far right. as this goes, but I know it was in that general time. Um, she, she attempted to commit suicide twice. Um, and, and it, it, she, she told us about it after the fact we didn't know about it when it happened cause we weren't home, we were at school. Right. Um, and so we learned about it after the fact, I don't know how long after the fact she told us that, you know, we were driving in the car one day and it was just a bad day and we ended up pulling over and, and we had this conversation and, um, but I, I don't remember that conversation. I remember having the knowledge that this occurred, but, um, yeah, I don't remember the conversation itself. Um, so, but by the time I was in like, I think, you know, middle junior high, um, you know, she had, she had gotten help and she was getting better and, and her faith was strengthened mm-hmm. because of the things she had gone through. Um, like her, the one suicide attempt, and this is, I tell people this because my mom would not be here if it weren't for God mm-hmm. intervening because she, um, she, we were at school, my dad was at work. Back then, we had this big garage door that was not automatic. Mm. Like, you had to lift it up to open it. It was heavy. It was creaky, like, really mm. loud. And her her idea was to shut the door, get in the car, you know, um, just turn the car in and just, you know, go to sleep. And she said she was sitting there with her eyes closed and, um, like, nothing was happening, you know. And when she opened her eyes and looked in, I think she looked in the rear, rear, rear view mirror, um, the door was open. And it's like there was no one around to open it, you know. So, uh, so I just feel like that was <clears throat> God intervening. Um, but anyway, because of what she went through, um, she ended up really like her faith was really strengthened through that. Um, I think God really worked in her through a lot of that, and because of that, I think it helped strengthen my faith. Like I, you know, um, I saw her relying on God, and I saw all the things that she went through. But she was still here, you know, mm. God still, God brought her through all of that. And um, so that kind of happened around the same time. So I think there was a combination of things. So I don't, um, 
I don't know if the shift was in our family was completely because of changing churches. Right. I think it was just this combination thing, of things. Yeah. Combined, yeah. I think we were just starting to see like really how God could work in our lives, mm. you know, as opposed to just the knowledge of him. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. That's hard. Um, how was that? Like, so you're like junior high. So it's such a formal age. I'm just thinking about all the kids that uh, that's hard. Uh, like, in your relationship, did you ever find yourself like getting frustrated with God or like angry when your mom's sharing this stuff with you? Like, how could you let that, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just curious, like how that was kind of navigating your personal relationship with God in the midst of that. Or was it just like thankfulness that like he showed up in that space? Yeah. I th- I think for <clears throat> me, I don't remember ever getting angry with him hmm. and saying like, how could you let this happen or whatever. Right. Um, I was just thankful that she was there because I've always been really close with my mom. Hmm. Um, I'm really shy. I don't make friends easily. So. <laughs> So she's always been kind of my anchor, you right. know, and uh, she's always been there for me, and and she's my it source. It is hilarious she's to me that you've ended up with Tacus. <laughs> like this, that your personality has somehow ended up with Tacus, who is the personality. Remember the first time I met Tacus? I'm pretty sure he was barefoot. <laughs> it was winter. And he was running lyrics in the middle of COVID, but sitting in the seats running lyrics. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, it's really nice. They let him surf like this. Like, I was like, what, why does he not have shoes on? <laughs> It's so true. Yeah. You are yeah. so different. It's amazing. Yeah, we are. But it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good balance. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Have you found like are your kids like starting to be more like one or the other or is one one way and oh, one the other yeah. way? Oh, yeah. Jackson's definitely more like Tackus, personality-wise. Really? They both look like him. Yeah. I do all the work pushing him out. They look like him. <laughs> like, so fine, whatever. But, um, no, Jackson's definitely more mm-hmm. like Tackus. He's more outgoing, yeah. definitely more of an extrovert. Yeah. Evan, Evan's interesting because like he'll talk your ear off, especially if you're an adult. He yeah. he relates better with adults for some reason than yeah. he does like very kids. smart. Yes, he's oh he's incredibly God, smart. Like oh, it's it's crazy. But um, but yeah, he'll talk he'll talk your ear off. But yet he's got that more introverted side. Yeah. Like if he has a couple days in a row where he's done too much, he just wants he's to stay home. It, yeah. His brother mm-hmm. will be like, no, let's go like let's go to the mall or let's go do this. And <laughs> Evan's like, no, I just want to stay home. And I'm yeah. like, I I hear you, kid. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah. Uh, so all of that kind of that stuff unfolds. What, like, how was high school? How was that kind of stepping into like, all right, now I'm going to become a person and I'm going to make some choices of who <laughs> I want to be. Yeah. Like, how was that yeah. process for you? Like, did you always kind of stick with the, I'm going to get good grades. I'm going to do this stuff. Like, was that kind of how it just flowed from there? Yeah. I was always, um, very much a straight shooter, like a rule, rule follower. You know, um, I remember the the story. My mom loves the story. We were (laughs) at a hospital one time because my grandpa was in the hospital and they were, I, I don't know why, but there were some chairs out in the hallway and we were like near a ramp and my mom's always been a kid at heart. Right. So like, they're taking these chairs and like riding them down the ramp. And I'm like, no, you cannot do that, mom. Like, I'm like freaking out. We're going to get in trouble, you know? And that's, that's kind of how I've always uh, been. It's like, I don't, I don't like to break rules, you know, yes. even if it's something really innocuous like that. It's yeah. like, who cares if you're riding a chair down a ramp where right. no one's around, you know? But, um, you, but, and yeah. hope, you and Hope can relate well in that. Yeah. She's like very like, these are the rules. We can't break them. And yep. I'm like, watch. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you have anything? Do you, yeah. Do you feel like that's, because even though you were always sort of like, I'm going to get good grades, and you kind of knew that more of the STEM field, so the academics was going to be more your passion, that really honed in in high school. But do you think that's where, and obviously we're going to really get into this, but that like, I need to do 
well, I, maybe the beginnings of that identity mm-hmm. that like, I know we're going to get into and it's unfair because I have pre-knowledge of all this, but because <laughs> you're my best friend, but it's like, can you, if you had to pinpoint, say, okay, this would be about the time I was feeling that shift in the identity stuff that was becoming more, ang- having some anxiety with that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be high school. I feel like there's kind of two, two elements to that. So, um, you know, in doing in doing some counseling and stuff on my own in my you know later years, um, you know, going back to when my mom you know attempted suicide, there was part of me. Um, I'm also a people pleaser. Well, I call myself recovering people pleaser because I'm trying not to do it as much. But um, I think some of that. I mean, some of it was from early on. I think part of its personality in mm-hmm. some respects. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's like I I wanted her to be happy because I was afraid that if she wasn't happy. Mm. then she might try it again and I didn't right. want to lose my mom, you know? Yeah. So, so I think I got into this mindset of like, um, like I didn't, and, and I don't like when people are mad at me. Mm-hmm. I don't like confrontation. I don't like people to think that people don't like me for some mm-hmm. reason, you know? So I tend to want to make people happy all the time, even yeah. at my own expense, yeah. you know? So, um, so that causes some anxiety and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, then, yeah, I, I was definitely a perfectionist. I felt like um, my identity definitely came from the things that, I felt I was good at because um, being shy and being quiet and an introvert, I kind of always felt a little bit invisible, like mm. insignificant. Um, you know, I mean, I, I got noticed for being tall. I was always tall, you know, right. from the time I was really small. Um, I was always taller than all my classmates. Did you hate that? I did. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. I hated <laughs> it when I was, you know, probably all the way through high school. I was not super fond of being yeah. tall. Um, but so... <laughs> So it was like I felt like I wasn't really noticed. Mm-hmm. And so when I, I found something I was good at, which was school, I knew I had a decent enough voice that people were like, oh, you sound good when you sing. And then um, even though I didn't like being tall, I still got noticed for it. Right. So it was kind of this weird I have this weird relationship with that where I was yeah. like, I don't like it, but it gets me noticed. So, right. so yeah, so the things I did kind of became my identity. It was like um, if I didn't get an A on something – totally ripped into myself mm. like and and that started when i was quite young um my mom said she remembers a time where i had my handwriting homework when back when they like taught you know cursive and stuff and i can't even read cursive <laughs> <laughs> just carry on don't just, just, <laughs> you just look so disgusted <laughs> but uh um i i wasn't doing it exactly like i wanted to and she said i erased it so much i erased a hole through my paper yeah. you know i just wouldn't stop erasing and um and i think yeah, that's how I have always been. It's like if I made a mistake, I really got down on myself for it. With singing, if I messed up at all, like if I thought I hit a note wrong or messed up on a word or something, I would beat myself up for it, you know. Um, and it was like now Victoria beat you up for it. Oh, so all the like, time. Yeah. I do. She's so mean. That's my jam. <laughs> so that's what I do. Man, Victoria, the team's really good. Yeah, yeah. She beats the crap out of them. So no. can you imagine? <laughs> Just hit you. Yeah. <laughs> No. Again, Benji's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I do hit Benji, but it's different. Yeah, so, it's different. so yeah, if, if I wasn't good at something, then yeah. you know, and and uh, it's funny because one of the things, and this this is important for you know the whole saying yeah. yes to God thing. If there was something that I didn't think I would be good at, or that I was too afraid to do because I thought I might be bad at, it, you know, it's like I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't mm. try, you yeah, know. So I to that. yeah, so it's like I said no to a lot of things out of fear. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, I know on one hand, I'm like listening. I'm like, man, God could not have created a more opposite being to Britain than right. Kelly Piper. But then I'm like, but like there's a lot of similarities in that too of like, man, if I feel like I'm not going to be good at something, I just won't try because then I just don't have to acknowledge the fact that I failed. Yeah. And I just think there's so many people 
that their life is just marked by like, I'm not good enough. So right. therefore I just won't. Mm-hmm. And uh, But don't you think that's, I love what you just said was you said no to so many things out of fear. And mm-hmm. I think that's such a huge awareness. And I know that's something you've worked really, really hard yeah. to come to, but how many of us will be, well, I said no, you know, we can sugar it up oh, yeah. and say, well, I said no, because it just wasn't the right time. I said no, because I, yes, I was nervous. So I said no, I didn't think I was good enough, but to be able to shake all that out and just go, no, it was fear. fear. Yeah. Just name it. It's fear. That's good. And none of us want to be like, well, I was, a, I was afraid because yeah. I feel weak, whatever. Yep. But you just said it like it was no big deal. I said no to so many things out of fear. And it's like, mm. let's just stop there for a second because my goodness, that's a, an evolved way of thinking. Yeah. Like, like I said, we can all come up with excuses and some of them are valid. That's the other thing too is sometimes there's, it's valid to mm. say no in our minds. Yeah. God's like, yeah, but the that's root. lack of faith. You yeah. know, it's like, even if it does seem valid, I'm asking you to, so step out. Mm. It's like, so yeah, we can say, well, you know, I'm, I'm grieving at the moment for this, that, or the other, whatever. It's like, nope, let's strip this down, call it what it is. It was fear for you. Yeah. Out and out fear. Yeah. And I think that's just a reality of so much. I just spent so much time with Tim and Heidi and yeah. spent time with other people around the staff and just through conversations like, man, like the root of a majority mm-hmm. of our emotional reactions to the situations in our lives is fear. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. It's like, I'm angry. No, you're not. You're yeah. scared. Yep. Like, uh, and, and I think that that's such a good self-awareness that's mm-hmm. important for people of what is God asking you to do? And I know that we'll get to this and I want to kind of set it up and then we can steer the boat in that direction. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Um, <laughs> but the reality is like so many people, that is it. Like they say no because fear, fear yeah. of failure, fear of rejection, fear of not being good enough, whatever yeah. it is. But at the end of the day, it boils down. It's like, no, you're just scared. Like I think about like Peter getting out of the boat, right? And it's like, you did it. Like, dude, right. you did it. Like he walked on water legitimately. Yeah. Terrified. And then still looked around yeah. and allowed fear to seep in yeah. of, I can't do this. But you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're you already doing it. it. Yeah. Uh, and being so I scared think, is not to say that being scared or fear is a terrible thing. Right. It's normal. This, whether it's self-preservation or whatever, yeah. and then you add all the the baggage that we all carry, our histories. But it's like, so we're not saying, right. you know, oh, fear is so terrible. It's like, no, no, but. I think it's important. that An awareness. Yeah, I, awareness. And I think, too, like, it's the more I've spent time thinking through and listening to change life story after change life story mm-hmm. is it all comes back as what is reality? Mm-hmm. Because in the midst of those moments of fear of failure or fear of rejection or if I'm like I'm not going to do this because I just won't – like something bad will happen, what's the reality in that moment? What's that's probably, real? That's not true, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the, the thing that often I – with students especially but with anybody listening to this podcast and I'm sure you could relate. Like if you could have taken those moments and go back and talk to the young Kelly, like the reality of this is like it's okay. No one – actually cares as much as you think they do right right? or whatever it is so i think that that's important is like what's real what's real in this moment and Mm -hmm. taking time to to step outside of yourself step outside of your situation and just ask the question what is real here yeah and uh so no i love that so i don't know let you just keep leading the way i just think that's i mean you know you and i both do therapy and i'm a huge fan of it and um i don't think it indicates a lack of faith or anything like that so i could talk about therapy forever because i have the best therapist ever but um learning to you and i were just talking yesterday you sent me a message and you were talking about 
just that frustration of how the enemy knows your weaknesses Mm -hmm. and speaks right into all of those. People will think this or you're not good enough or whatever. And it's like, it's not that those, those words aren't real. Mm. And so I think, yeah, you can now look back and go, that's been there for a really, really long time. So, so back then in high school, so how does that really begin to manifest other than just, oh, I said no to so many things. Can you talk us through just kind of that period of time and how you can look back now and go, oh, wow, that just manifests itself in so many ways and how that kind of drove some of your story? I don't know. I think I I just got to this point where, you know, it's like you get these messages in your head that just start playing on repeat, I think, a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, and mine were like, it was either you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, um, or it was like you're too much, you know, like you're too dramatic, you're too emotional, you're, you know, whatever it was. And so, you know, that really affects like even relationships. Like, I mean, I was already shy anyway and I didn't make friends easily. And then if I did make a friend or somebody seemed to like me, I always had doubts. Mm. Like, I, I don't think I went, I went into friendships always thinking like they were just my friend out of pity. Like they just were like, Oh, well, I feel bad. She needs a friend, you know? And so I had a really hard time believing that people truly liked me for me. And so it, I I tended to kind of wall myself off a little bit, put out this like this image like of being perfect, you know, or trying to be perfect. Right. Obviously, we yeah. can't be perfect, but um, as much as possible, like always happy, always smiling. Oh, Kelly's so sweet. She's so kind. Um, you know, she never does anything wrong. You know, that kind of image mm. because I felt like if they knew the real me mm. with all my flaws and failures and stuff, I felt like they wouldn't like me and they would just go away. You know? Did you ever see that seep into your relationship with Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Because I mean, even, even now, even though I've grown since then, there mm. are still times where those old things come back, you know, like the enemy, you know, right. he attacks those spots cause he knows that's where my weaknesses are. Yeah. And, um, and you know, as a mom, especially like becoming mm-hmm. a mom, you know, he'll come in like, he'll whisper in my ear, like, you know, you're not doing a good enough job. You're screwing up your kids. Mm. Like, you know, if people knew that you yelled at your kid, they would think you were horrible, you know, stuff like that. And, um, so, yeah, so before I had as strong a relationship with Jesus as I do now, it definitely affected that because I, um, even though in my head, I had the head knowledge right. that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not by works that we're saved, it's yeah. through faith. I knew I had the faith. I knew I was saved. But I think there were a lot of times where I felt like God was disappointed with me mm-hmm. because I wasn't, you know, reading my Bible enough. I wasn't praying enough, you know. Um, I wasn't sharing the gospel enough, you know. <laughs> I wasn't out evangelizing, like, um, or just smaller things. Like yeah. if I you know, didn't do something well. You know, right. if I didn't sing well, I'm like, oh, I failed again, you know? And mm. so I, I think there was that element of feeling like I was disappointing him, mm. you know, along with everybody else, even yeah. though that wasn't the case. It's uh, a lot. It is. And I think that's the reality of so many people's relationship with Christ is we've taken and associated to him so many like earthly characteristics that he doesn't possess. It's not that he can't, it's that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the reality of like there's so many spaces in my life where I can look at my interpersonal relationships, whether it be with a parent, a coach, a teacher, um, a peer, whatever it is. And whatever I experience in that interpersonal relationship, I directly correlate to my relationship with God. So like in this space, if I frustrate them when I do this thing, God must be frustrated. If I let them down when I don't do this, then God must. And I just immediately start to tie him into all these like human characteristics. And it's like, 
that's not who he is. I think that's why I love uh, here the thing that we've kind of coined, like the gospel ladder. Um, and maybe you remember it. We've talked about it on the podcast too, but it's like, no, God is who he says he is. And none of that changes. Doesn't matter what I do. Doesn't matter who I like. I have the inability to change and shape who God is. God is good. He's just. He's righteous. He's loving. He's kind. He's merciful. And it doesn't matter who I am. He's still that. And I think that so many people take that perspective of like God's disappointed because I like no. Because here's the reality of it. You you said it. I'm saved. Right by grace through faith, not by works. So now, when God looks at Kelly or He looks at Victoria or Britain or whoever's listening to this podcast, here's the trick move that God pulls on all of us. He no longer sees us; He sees Christ and His finished work. And I think that's if you could just like I try so often, and it's for me too. I couldn't tell you how many times I wish there was somebody yelling at me about this instead of me just like it's easy for me to say, but it's the reality of like if I could just wrap my mind around that, like this idea of like. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ. Like that's more than like a pithy like saying that we right. just say of like this is my lifestyle. Like no, that's literally the pathway to salvation. Like you are safe because God does not see you anymore; He sees Jesus, right. and you're considered righteous because Jesus has taken your place. He's your representative, and He's there with you. And now you can kind of operate freely. And I think that there's so much peace that can come out of that. When you get to that place of that kind of moving, like Tim says, the 18 inches from your head to your heart. Right. And so, yeah, it's that's good. It's not just peace, peace is rest. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the running is exhausting, the trying, striving, the just the constant expectations for yourself. It's just, so there's an inner peace, but there's a rest because it is exhausting to your, to your soul when we're constantly like striving, yeah. like straining to 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 achieve whatever and i think too there's a peace so that comes on and like a rest that comes out of realizing he's given me everything i need mm-hmm. for this right yeah. i'm not a disappointment because he's equipped me with everything i need in this space to do what he's called me to do right and so i think that that's so important too is like so many people are living in the fear of what if i'm not enough right you're not right but the spirit of god in you, you is and so i think like <laughs> that like there's peace and rest and hope in the fact that like He's giving you everything you need to finish everything he's asked you to do. Right. You just have to say yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. Victoria, keep leading the way. So so you graduate and you choose a path for college mm-hmm. and you so, – so now you're sort of in another. So you went from a pretty sheltered for – your, for your words, the sheltered kind of elementary and then you went to the public school system and that's a big shift. And now you have a really big shift mm-hmm. when you leave to go to school – and so how, so leaving, so obviously socially, you know, where you're living, academically, and then for your faith. So now what does that look like? Tell them like yeah. school, like what did you study and where did you study and all yeah. that good stuff? College, college was, um, when I look back on my faith journey, college was definitely a huge point of like growth for me, mm-hmm. like right. strengthening my faith. Um, so I originally wanted to go into vet med because I liked animals and I liked science. And I'm like, well, that would be cool, you know. So um, I I had a full ride scholarship to NMC here in Traverse City. So I did that for two years um, to save money and lived with my parents. So by the time I – and then I transferred to Michigan State because they're like the best vet school, you know. And um, my my best friend at the time was already down there. She had done her first first two years down there. So she kind of had established a bit of a friend group and everything. 
Um, so I just moved down there and we decided to, um, you know, room together. We stayed in the dorms my first year. Um, but going from, and when I was at NMC, it was still relatively sheltered because I'm still in Traverse City with mm-hmm. all my friends. I was still involved in church and stuff like that. Um, and most of my friends were, you know, still Christians. Um, so I really hadn't had a huge exposure to like some of the more worldly stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I was, I was still pretty strong in my convictions. Um, and so going down to Michigan State was a huge eye-opener. Like, mm. you know, and people, you know, after the fact, they're like, you went to Michigan State? Because it's known as like party school sometimes. Right. You know, at least that's what they told me. I didn't know that. I right. just wanted to go to the vet school, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just want to be a vet, okay? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was, that was a tough time because, um, I mean, there were good things. But um, we ended up in this friend group that was very much not Christian. Right. Um, there were some, one of our roommates was dating this guy at the time um, who I would say was probably as complete opposite morally for me as you could get, mm. you know? Um, and so we were, but we didn't know anyone else. Like right. that's who they knew. So we hung out with them quite a bit and um, just not, just, I don't know. They, I got teased a lot for my beliefs yeah. and my morals and stuff. And they would always kind of give me a hard time about it. And, uh, um, just, you know, lots of drinking. I didn't mm. do any drinking. I was never a drinker. Right. Didn't, didn't really like alcohol or anything. Um, but yeah, just, they, they would get drunk a lot and just say things. And, mm. um, and there was one point I, I didn't date a lot. My first boyfriend, I didn't have a boyfriend until I was 21 because mm. a guy just didn't like me. I don't know. But, um, uh, so it was, and, and he was one of that group, you know, but he was talking, he was using the Christian verbiage, mm-hmm. like all the, the terms and things that I was familiar with. So I was under the impression that he was a Christian. And um, I remember we dated for a couple of months, I think. And then he came home with me to Traverse City to meet my family and stuff. And uh, I remember I was sitting in the living room at my parents' house and he's sitting on the floor and him and my mom are having this conversation and the the, the things coming out of his mouth, I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> this is not like it. They were, they were getting in this disagreement about like biblical stuff. And I'm like, the stuff you're saying is not biblical. Like what is going on? Well, it turns out he, he grew up Mormon, uh, but he was also schizophrenic and I didn't oh, know that. Yeah. So like, so the combination of the two, he had some really um kind of out there beliefs, yeah. you know, and I, I was just in shock. And, um, I remember driving home. We we broke up that weekend, and then we had to drive home in the car together. And that hey, was... I have a similar story. Really? So I <laughs> dated a girl in college for like 30 minutes. <laughs> but for some reason, I thought it was a good idea to go home with her on spring break. And we broke up at her parents' house on spring break and had a seven-hour drive <gasps> home. Mine was three. That wasn't it was <laughs> awful. Oh, man. I remember just like turning music on. It was just yeah. like here we go. <laughs> like the awkwardness of like, you, oh, you need to go yeah. to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, so I feel you on that awkwardness, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that was kind of like one of my experiences in that group. And then, um, you know, there, so I, I wanted to save myself till I was married. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was a virgin and I remember I got teased about that yeah. so bad, you know, and um, they, you know, they would ask me just dumb things. But anyway, there was one of the other guys in the group who was a little bit nicer to me and mm-hmm. he asked me out and I was like, I really don't think that we're going to be compatible. I didn't, I didn't think he was a Christian. Right. 
But I was like, well, I'll just go out with him and just see where it goes and everything. And it didn't last. I, you know, after a couple of dates, I was like, no, yeah. like, you know, and, and I mean, it was amicable. I was like, no, I really just think we should just be friends, you know? Um, she knows so many words that I've never used in my whole entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Good for you. Yeah. This is good for you. great. How would you spell that? Yeah. <laughs> A-M-I-C-A-B-A-L. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, but spelling B. Yeah. Where was I going? Oh, yeah. So, but I found out later in, so one of the other guys in the group called, I was talking to my roommate on the phone. He had been drinking a little bit and he revealed that this guy asked me out as a bet because they were mm. trying to see if they could get me to go against my beliefs. Of course, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. But, um, so that was hard because I'd always felt like, you know, I never felt like guys liked me anyway. So then right. to finally have someone ask me out and then find out it was because of a bet, like yeah, that kind, so of, that kind of feeds into yeah, yeah. more of the things that you struggle yes. with anyway, yeah. yes. so i was i was struggling in that group it was it was a hard a hard thing to have your you know your beliefs kind of attacked mm-hmm. like that but i i was like i just knew i'm like no these are my convictions this is what god has told me to do and i'm mm-hmm. i'm not going to stray from it you know yeah. and um so i started i started bringing my bible with me to my classes and i would in between classes i would sit in the hallway and just start reading i read mm-hmm. through the the new testament and i would just underline stuff and go back over it. And that really just kind of helped solidify it. Like, yes, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, and ended up finding, um, they had a a Christian group down there called his house fellowship. Mm. And I joined that. And that was huge. I mean, that was a a big turning point for me because then I had this support of like these, these good, strong Christian people, you know, the leaders were great. A lot of really awesome Christian kids in that group, you know, that were able to support me. And I ended up leading worship, you know, Mm -hmm. in that group for a little bit. Um, was that more like where you got to do more of the special stuff or was it still more, was it like different than the tradition that you yeah, came from? Yeah. How was that transition? It was, it was a little different because it was like, um, the guy, I think his name was Johan. He was Swedish, I think. Yeah. Um, he was playing guitar and singing and then I just did like yeah. alto or I would sing melody along with him, whatever, you mm. know? So it wasn't anything super formal, right? but, um, but I always liked doing harmonies anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I was I enjoy it more because it's a little less pressure because you're right. kind of background. Like if you screw up, nobody really notices as much as opposed to when you're like the main leader. Unless Britain's running sound. Yeah. He will accidentally have you turn up higher than the person actually leading yeah. worship just based on the fact that he has oh, no okay. idea what he's doing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so college was a huge turning point. And mm. it also, you know, another, as far as the academic side of it, um, that was another area where I saw God step in because mm. I wanted to be a vet but I ended up doing an internship or not internship. Um, I forget what the word is. I was just an assistant at a vet clinic yeah. anyway, you know, up here and then down at, in Mich- at Michigan state. And it was just something I couldn't do. Mm. It was too, um, I couldn't, I couldn't distance myself emotionally. I'm, yeah. I'm like a huge animal lover. So right. to have to go in and see mm. sick animals all the time. And like, there was one summer where I was, you know, being an assistant at a, a clinic up here in Traverse city. And it was like, we had so many euthanasias that summer. Mm. And I'm like, I can't do this, you know? Right. And I thought, well, I like the science part of it, the lab work. So I'm like, maybe I could be a vet tech, but you're still pretty involved with the right. animals, you know? And that was at the time when CSI was kind of a big thing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I like lab work. I'm like, what about forensic science? How cool would that be? You know, DNA and yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> and so I decided to try that. Well, I had to take a intro to criminal justice class down at Michigan State. Mm. And we had to look at crime scene photos. Mm. And we, I remember the thing that sticks in my head, we listened to this 911 call of this young girl and she was like being attacked mm. and stabbed like while she was on the phone. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me either. Mm. You know, I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. Um, 
because I kind of, I mean, that left a mark, you know, right. emotionally. Yeah. I just, so, um, so I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I have no idea where to go with this. And I'm already, you know, three and a half, four years into college at this point. Maybe, maybe it was three, three and a half. But, um, so I went to the advisor and I said, what do I do? Like, this is what I like, but I have no idea. And she said, well, have you ever heard of clinical laboratory science? I was like, no. And so she explained it to me and it's basically you run all the tests in a hospital lab mm-hmm. or a medical lab. Um, and I'm like, that sounds cool, you know? So I changed my major to that and that's what I ended up graduating mm-hmm. in. And um, the cool part about it, and this is where, you know, I see God's hand working right. in this is they had two separate programs you could go on. Um, one was like the medical technology program, which was you went through school, you graduated, then you had to find your own internship. Mm-hmm. The clinical laboratory science program, you the internship was built in, but mm-hmm. they only worked with, you. Could, they had a um, limited number of spots and you could only... They only worked with like certain locations. Well, one of them was Traverse City. Hmm. So I got into the program, which was awesome. And then I ended up getting into Traverse City. So once I graduated from college, I was able to come home, live with my parents while I did. It was like an eight month internship. Hmm. Then I graduated and they hired me as a tech right after that. So yeah. Nice. Very cool. What was, so for you, like as you were, uh, like, was there a point where you realized, uh, just thinking back to your story and like, being in that community of people that like, man, you know what? Like I had this conviction and it didn't really align with the group, but they were just kind of the people I knew. And then finding yourself at his house and doing that, like, was there a realization in there of like, man, community matters? Like, was there like, uh, did you ever have that moment or is it like just hindsight looking back? You're like, oh man, I learned that there, but I didn't know I was learning it. Like, did you kind of have that realization? I think I did. Yeah. While I was there because, um, because, you know, you go from this kind of like stressful, um, environment where you don't really feel like you belong. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're constantly getting teased and it, it's tiring. It's exhausting, yeah. you know? And it's like, I didn't, I didn't want to be who they wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I wanted to be me myself and to be, be myself, to be myself. Um, and like, it was just, it was tiring. And, but then when I joined this, this other community, it was like, it was kind of like a sigh of relief, mm-hmm. like a weight yeah. had been lifted off, mm-hmm. you know, it was yeah. like, Oh, like I have support now. Like I have these That's people so who cool. understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. yeah. How does that, so your one of your things at that time in high school was, I, I want to be liked, I want to be accepted, I don't think I will be though, so I'm going to put out this this thing that could put that wall up, or not the wall up, because put this shine on it to make everything look perfect. And now here's kind of the only group of people you know, um, and you you want to have friends down there. So how hard was that? I mean, it sounds like it really wasn't that hard, but... I'm thinking about myself and it's like I was a bit of a chameleon when I was a kid because I moved around a lot. You know, John would talk about that third culture thing. And it's like because I moved around so much, I would just become whatever people needed me to be. Obviously, I didn't grow up in the church. But um, so. Well, we wouldn't know, Victoria, because you've never done your change life story on here. So. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Brent. So. That's right. But that's like how. Okay, back to you. So how does like. You said it was kind of exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's like, but was it, was it, tri- I'm trying to get to my question here. So was it triggering that insecurity or was it like, no, no, it's really not, it's exhausting fighting against them, but you weren't fighting so much against your own mm-hmm. stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I'm asking? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never, I never, um, I never wanted to stray from who okay. I was, I guess, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, so yeah. So even though, I mean, I had that side of me that would put on kind of this this facade for people. And, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. I'm perfect. You know, whatever. Um, 
but but with them it was like it was different because I didn't want to be like that. Right. You know, it's like um it's like I always I still had the, that strength of my convictions. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's like I knew that I wasn't gonna stray from that. I knew I didn't want to, I knew I I couldn't, you right. know, because so you could almost externalize it yeah. a little bit because you're yeah. watching their behavior, like literally seeing it. Mm. And you know what I mean? As mm. opposed to I'm not good enough, I'm not they're so great. Like, you can see they're not that great. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So hard in college. Because <laughs> yeah, I remember, Ooh, you know, they were asking me or one guy in particular was was really getting on me about like they wanted me to get drunk. I'm like, okay. And they're like, why why don't you get drunk? Just have a few drinks, just get drunk. And I finally I got so frustrated. I was like, You give me one good reason why I should get <laughs> drunk and I will. And of course he didn't have one because right, right, right. there really isn't there's, one. And yeah. I was like, right. okay, thanks. Like, now leave me alone. You know, so you're almost much like, smarter than me. I, I'm like, yeah. you like big brained it. Yeah. Big brained it. Yeah. I, like I say, I'm like, I did not big brain it. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Dang it. Uh, maybe I should have paid attention <laughs> in school. <laughs> so uh, now you're back here. You have your degree because super smart. You're like my favorite scientist. And, and so now you're back here and you're back living at home. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like you've changed? Like, were you seeking something different faith-wise than um, just going back to your parents, like your family church? Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember where we were at at that time as far as churches go. Because we, we, you know, we were involved in a few like smaller churches that mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, ended up not working out. So, um, but yeah, I think I think when I came back, I definitely had a renewed sense of like, you know, um a renewed sense of faith, you know, like I just, I just want it more. I want it more of a relationship. You know, it's like, right. it's like I could see God working through so many different things. And I'm like, this is like, this is cool. You know, like I can see him working and even in the, even in the hard stuff, you know, I, I just knew I could feel he was there, you know, right. and, um, but still shy. Yeah. Still shy. Still um, fantastically awkward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I did. I will say I did gain some confidence in my job. Um, because I was good at what I did, and um, and people would say that like I was getting positive reinforcement, mm. you know, that I I was good at what I did. So, so I did. some of the identity stuff. Yes, yes. Okay. So again, like I was getting my identity from what I did. Like mm. if I made a mistake at the lab, which it happens, people we're human, you know, we try <laughs> not to, but it does. But we we have ways of you know catching them and reconciling right. things. But but if I made a mistake, um, I again I would still get really down on myself, mm. you know, and I would be like, oh, like they're going to fire me or like, I, I wouldn't go to that extreme because I knew it wasn't that right. bad. But, but there were times, you know, where things would happen and I'd be like, oh, like I'm horrible. Like why, why am I such a screw up? You know, stuff right. like that. So, um, so yeah, I, I did, I definitely did find a lot of identity in my job. Hmm. I mean, that, that definitely became a huge part of it. Cause again, it, it plays back into, you know, um, I felt like I was always smart. I was good at school and that kind of that extended into my job. You know, I, I was smart. I was a scientist. So I took a lot of pride in the work I did and, and being able to say like, I'm a scientist, like this is cool. So, yeah. 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 So transitioning into like the, his house more like, I don't know. I just assume it was a little bit different than the Lutheran church theologically, maybe, or yeah. like in that, it's like the flow of the service and all that, like going into that, did you see that like change anything in your like relationship with Christ? Like where it was becoming more than like a head knowledge, like where it was like becoming like, man, like this is, like, there's something happening in my heart. Like I, there's like, was there anything that shifted there? Like going into that? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I definitely started, started feeling like, you know, you're talking about the head to heart right. thing. I definitely started feeling that there was more of a, 
um, like a heart connection hmm. to instead of just knowing all the stuff that was in the Bible, I started, you know, when I would take my Bible to class and read it, like I would read these words that I've been reading since I was, you know, mm. little, right. a little tyke in the elementary yeah. school. And, but they had more meaning now. Yeah. It was like, oh, like, yes, like this is, this applies to my life and hmm. this is how I can, you know, use it in my life. And um, yeah, so I, I definitely think there was a, a shift you know, going there and being amongst these people who were more relational mm. as opposed to the yeah. ritual stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that kind of transition back home? Like, did you find it like, were you still like desperate? Like, did you realize like, man, I want to be involved in a community like that. So like, did you go looking for that? Like, how did like relationship with Christ wise, like how was the move back home? And like, how did that kind of flow starting adulthood and all yeah. of that? Yeah. Um, I think Going in into the job that I had, it's not it was not a terribly Christian environment. Mm. You know, there were uh, very very few fellow Christians in yeah. that environment. Um, so that kind of spurred me to you know want to find more of a community, like more of a mm. Christian community. And you know, I would my family and I we tended to stick together because yeah. we're really close. Like it's just my mom, my dad, my brother, and I. It's yeah. Just the four of us and. So we ended up usually going to the same churches together, right. you know, and um, and it was it was cool, you know. My brother and I, neither of us were married. Mm. We didn't, we weren't dating anyone, and so it was nice because we'd go to we go to church and then we'd talk about like the sermon and we'd have these really good talks about you know things that things that were talked about at church mm. or other things going on in our lives. And but but um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> but anyway, just that relationship deepening. Yeah. yeah so um, after his house and. So, yeah, so we, we kind of had some churches we went to, and, and there wasn't anything wrong with them necessarily. Right. It's just we didn't – it wasn't the right fit for mm. us, you know, and, and we just were kind of searching. Um, and we actually ended up at – the the church I was at before I came to the tab was this, this small little church. Um, I mean, if we had like 30 people on a Sunday, we were doing well. And yep. I would say probably like 90% of the people were like 60 and over. Mm. So like I started going there before I met Tacus. Um right. and well, how did you meet Tacus? Oh, that's a story. I think he I think he may have said it in his story, but anyway, um do you want me to do that first? No, you can do oh, this. Okay. I'm just I'm so excited <laughs> to hear about this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a story. That poor guy. Oh. Um but yeah, so the smaller church I was at, um, it was actually really good because I had started gaining confidence in my worship leading mm. because I had had you know, I had other experiences where I was being put in leadership positions, which is funny because growing up, I was like, I am not a leader. Mm. You know, I'm mm. not a leader. But yet God kept putting me in these situations where yeah. like I was in a, a college connections group, you know, for a while. And the leader there made me a small group leader for the girls. And then he made me a wor- the worship leader there. You know, it was just a guitar right. guy playing a guitar and me singing. You know, I don't I didn't even think we had microphones, but it was just these small stepping stones, yeah. you know. And I think so he, like nothing that really pushed you. No. Okay. No. I mean, to me, it felt pushed sure. because I'm so not, com- I was so not confident about that kind of stuff at the time. Um, but I think God knew he had to ease me into it. Otherwise it just wasn't going to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I ended up at this little church and I, I was going there with a friend and I think if I remember, I, I can't remember all the details, but I feel like there was a Sunday that we went and they didn't have anyone to help lead worship. And they, my friend who I was going with, they knew him because he'd been going there longer mm-hmm. than me. And they came up to us and they were like, so any chance you guys would be interested in maybe getting up and helping sing today? And I was like, uh, 
Okay. So <laughs> so we did. But it's such a small church. Can you like, imagine if you did that to somebody here? <laughs> no. God. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I guess I have done that to you. Kind of. Kind of. But it yeah. wasn't like, I mean, it was literally the day of. That would be amazing. Okay. Like, we were just going to sit down. Make me so happy. Yeah, we were just going to sit down and be at church. And they're like, no, can you get up and say yeah. <laughs> Britain, you want to play tambourine today? Yeah. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> but yeah, so I did that. And so I started leading worship there. And it's a small church. You know, it was yeah. just the pastor played the guitar and sang. His daughter, who was, I think, 11 at the time. Um, and I was like. 20 in my late 20s maybe um so you felt fairly confident yes this wasn't yes. like pushing you outside of a yeah i mean and it was kind of outside your comfort zone but not really yeah mm. and you yes. were still singing very quietly oh yes sang yes very, very quiet. she sang very quietly i did sang did you quietly. sing quietly at your audition here yes <laughs> i did she sang quietly here for a very long time did very you? long time yes. oh very long yes yeah but yeah. uh but yeah so i i i yeah. was confident in that because it was stuff you know i'd always sang very soft stuff like yeah. hymns things like traditional more right. traditional like right. you know so in that setting music. it played well yes yeah. you were able to say yes to that without yeah. too much fear. yeah yeah that wasn't that wasn't too big we did. and it was a small group of people and yeah. they were very like and they probably couldn't hear you anyways they were very welcoming too it yeah. was like you know Aww. nobody cared it was like yeah. okay. so it was it was a good again a good stepping yeah. stone um but then then i met takis <laughs> and and that's life our podcast them. for today. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> no, um, yeah, Takis and I, Takis and I met at a. He used to work for Munson as well, but he worked offsite at a in a for the supply chain people. And I worked in the lab, so in the lab you don't see anybody. You're kind mm. of like we're all introverts in the lab, so you don't you don't really know anyone outside the lab. <laughs> And but I decided to go to the Christmas party, the Munson Christmas party, which was at the Grand Traverse oh, Resort, the, the office big party. ballroom. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he was there with his group. They sat us at table, like group tables, right. you know. Like so, I was with the lab people. He was with the <laughs> supply chain people. And this is the weirdest set of coincidence coincidences, you know. Nothing's chance, right? right? So the table next to us was the phlebotomist, who are the people who draw your blood. <laughs> I and just love this. I can see it. It's like a so setup to a joke. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And so his friend, his friend at the time was dating a girl that was a phlebotomist. And so, but his friend didn't know he was there. And somebody heard somebody laugh. I think, I think his friend, I think his friend heard him laugh or something. And so like they found each other anyway. And like, what are you doing here? Well, I work here. What are you doing here? Well, I date this girl and she works at Munson. And so, um, and so his friend was like, talking to the people at you know his girlfriend's table I was like hey i have this friend who's single like do you know any nice single girls and the phlebotomist knew me because we worked with them right. you know they would bring blood samples and stuff and they were like oh. so romantic yeah. they're like there's this girl over at that table you know and she's really nice and all this stuff i didn't know any of this was going on like i'm just, <laughs> just sitting, sitting at my table and the funny part is i had had a couple of experiences right now with guys where i was i was done with guys yeah. i didn't want to date anymore i'm like i'm gonna get another cat i'm gonna be that person yeah. you know with all the cats like i'm like i'm so over guys i don't want anything to do with men right now and so i'm just you know enjoying the party and as much as an introvert can right right, right. Oh, true story. <laughs> and this uh one of the one of the phlebotomists that I knew, because she also worked as a lab aide, she came over and she was like, hey, I have a friend of a friend and, you know, he wants to meet you. And I said, no, I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I don't. Because 
I, I don't want to offend anyone, but at the time, that group of people did not have a reputation for being the best, uh, like morally, you know. Right. And I was like, I really wanted a strong Christian guy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, there's no way that they know a guy that I would right. probably want to date, you know. And <laughs> so, see, you, people you surround yourself yeah. with is important. Yeah. So, student. So I said no. Tack is. And then the next. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> and the next thing I know, they're bringing this guy over, and I'm like, "Are you serious? Like, I don't even want to talk to this dude oh, right God, now." Poor but like, I, you know, me being the polite person I am, I'm not going to just be right. mean and be like, "See you later." So he sits down, and he starts talking to me, and I'm being polite, you know, yeah. and like, "Hey, you know," and and it was so good. it was funny because you know he's from Buckley, he grew up here. And I had moved to Buckley after after my internship was over okay. and I had saved up enough money to buy a house. I moved out to Buckley. So I was living just down the road. Um, and he, when he found that out, he thought someone was pulling a fast one on him because he's like, if she lived in Buckley, I would know. You know he's like, there's no way <laughs> she lives everyone. in Buckley. And That's why he's the mayor. <laughs> exactly. but, the, but the funny thing is I had moved here when he was going off to college. He's a little bit younger than me. Yeah. Um, so great. And so, yeah, so... So we talked and I was polite and and then everyone at the table was leaving to go up to like an after party up in mm-hmm. a hotel room, not my scene at all. Right. And I just remember feeling like it was just him and I at the table and I was like, I got to go. <laughs> and so he's like, okay. So he walks me to the door and uh. we shook hands. <laughs> and then I left and I was like, like well, that's the last I time I hear of him, story. you know. It's the best. And so... So the funny thing is, well, and I should say in our conversation, I was a little bit intrigued because he started talking about things like Creation Fest and like different Christian artists that you mm-hmm. wouldn't know unless you were like really into yeah, more like of like Christian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was like, okay, well, still, I'm not interested, right. you know. So he leaves, and what, what I didn't know was he had looked at my name card on the table and he found me on Facebook, mm. and so he didn't add me as a friend because that would have been too forward. So right. he sends me a messages, you know, he starts messaging me and. Shockingly subtle for Ted. Yes. Yeah, and so you know, he sends me questions. I'm answering politely, and and I, I remember telling my mom, I'm like, I don't know, mom, I just don't know if I'm interested in him. But yet, I was talking him on Facebook too, like looking up all of his stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> um, and so he's messaging me, and I answer his questions. I'm, but I'm still really guarded because yeah. I've been hurt, and right. I'm like, I don't want to deal with guys, and I didn't really want to date. So then her lawnmower broke. He, no. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> But he's he's sending me these messages and I answer the questions and then he sent he decided to send me one where he wasn't going to an- ask any questions because he his thought was if she's interested she'll start asking me questions mm. and I didn't respond <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah so and it was partially because I got busy and I kind of forgot it wasn't like super intentional like yeah. I just don't want to respond so then he talks to you know Josh Brunger mm-hmm. so I guess he goes and talks to Josh because they're they're college friends yeah. they've known each other since college and um. And I, th- I think he, he Tech has said something like, okay, she's not responding. Like, what do I do? And I think, I think Josh told him, well, you can either just forget it or you can just take the leap and ask her out and see what she says. So right. he did. Sounds like Sprunger advice. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So <laughs> he did. He asked me, he asked me out to dinner and I said, how about coffee? Because in my head, I was like, if it goes bad, I can get out quicker. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so, That's also very solid. Yes. So we met at checks um, out. Espresso Bay downtown. We met at Espresso Bay downtown and we talked for a while. And I was like, okay, this is actually not bad, you know? <laughs> and then we we had to leave. It, I don't want to make this go on too long, but like 
it was kind of funny because they decided to vacuum out the fireplace while we were there. <laughs> so you're sitting there trying to talk and this vacuum cleaner goes on and we're like, can't hear each other. So yeah. we have to just sit there awkwardly for a minute. Like, okay. So we finally decide to leave and I, I felt like it wasn't really that big of a moment, but I felt like for me it was this pivotal moment. We're standing outside of Espresso Bay and he's like, he's like, do you want to go home or do you want to go somewhere else? And I was like, I can just go home and just forget about it. Or I'm like, no, let's go somewhere else. So we went down to brew, you know, mm-hmm. and we just sat there and had like chips and salsa and drank water and stuff yeah. and just talked. And I remember that night um, I talked to my mom. I think he did give me a hug when we left. But I, I remember <laughs> saying to my mom, well, I'm not not interested. <laughs> so, Fax is like, I'm so flattered. <laughs> so I think I didn't want to, I didn't want to admit to myself that I was actually interested in a guy, you know. So, but then we started dating and obviously yeah. we got married and we've been married. It'll be 10 years next year. So, awesome. yeah. That's so, is he the reason you started coming to the tab? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was a long way of saying that. Yeah. Um. So uh, he did start coming with me to that little church for a while, but then we merged with another church and it, it was not the greatest merge in the world. Yeah. It was kind of a kind of a takeover, and um, like we tried to kind of merge our worship teams. And I just I won't go into detail, but I just had kind of a not great experience. Yeah. And it kind of the little bit of confidence I had been building like shot it right yeah. down. Like mm-hmm. it was, I I still I still have to get over some things from that. But um, but yeah. So Takis at that same time. Texas was like, well, you know, they're looking for vocalists for the tab worship team. Like they announced auditions. He's like, you should try out. And I was like, um, I don't sing those kind of songs, Texas. Like that's <laughs> that's not my that's not my thing. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way they're gonna put me on the team. And he said, we well, should just try. Like just try. And I was like, okay. So I signed up. And then it was the it was the Tuesday after Easter. I remember this very clearly because Good Friday we went to church here, and that was back when we were still in T1. And I remember Carrie Hart was leading. I don't know if you've ever heard Carrie Hart. Mm-hmm. You know Carrie? Oh, She's pretty fantastic. She is amazing. She was like the winner of Cherry Idol, I think, at some point. She's just amazing. Yeah, Gosh. she she's an amazing voice. So I I've actually known her almost as long as I've lived here. Yeah. She's one of the people I've known longest. That's a really like, long time. So 26, I, 27 years. Yeah, so I hear her lead the service, and I'm like, she's phenomenal. There's no way I can. <laughs> I'm like, they're not going to put me on the team if that's what they're expecting. Like, I can't sing like that, you know? So t- I was in tears, like literally in tears because oh. all of my fears are yeah. coming back, like mm-hmm. that you're not good enough, like all the same stuff. So Tex is like, just try. And so I went to the audition. I didn't cancel. And, but yes, I sang very quietly. They had to keep cranking up my <laughs> microphone to the point where I think it was feeding back, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and it was, it was Brian at the time. And he's so chill, which was awesome because yeah. that helped. But, um, but yeah, so I tried out. Tex came. He sat in the chairs. Did and he have like, shoes on? I think he did <laughs> okay. have shoes on because it yeah. was... Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and so I made the team, you know, and and it was just, it was a cool um, experience for me, you know, starting out under Brian's leadership because he was so laid back and he yeah. was so mm-hmm. kind, you know, and it's like, if you messed up, it was okay, you know, yeah. it wasn't so a big deal. with some of those anxieties. Yeah. still, so even all, that we've fast forwarded a while here, you're still dealing with oh, yeah. a lot of the shyness, yeah. which is fine. The anxiety, not so much the perfection, all those, will they, will they like me? Well, you're still deeply in that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, um, and I, I mean, I even remember thinking, even after I got on the team, I still felt like I was the weakest link on the team. I'm mm. like, well, they put me on, but I'm not, definitely not the strongest singer, right. you know? And, um, 
And so, yeah. So well, now there's Adam. So you're good. Yeah. Because he's definitely the weakest link. We're all going to be fine. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, yeah. I, but I was still struggling with that. Like, and that's mm-hmm. why I sang so quietly because yeah. I was afraid to like do anything else. Cause that's all I'd known was singing quietly. I knew if I sang quietly, I sounded at least okay enough that people right. were like, oh, you have a really pretty voice, you right. know? So, so staying safe. Yes. Yeah. I was still, still staying, staying safe. safe. Like just, <laughs> I was just singing my, my alto harmonies. Didn't want to do anything high, you know, cause I'm not a high singer. And so, yeah, so it was still relatively, I mean, stepping out and doing the audition was, was kind of a big thing for me, but then, yeah, I kind of settled into. How was the alto. transition from like your smaller, more like traditional church to the tab and all that? Like how did that transition go? Was it cool? Like it seamless? Was t- it was terrifying. Was it? No, no, it was. <laughs> I've I seen think, some of the videos, so yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually, you know, I was nervous at first because being in a bigger church, obviously there's a lot more people. Yeah. Um, and I had come from such a small church that felt like a family, mm. you know, mm. and it was hard for me to leave because I felt like I belonged there. Yeah. You know, um, people seemed to accept me, you know, yeah. I didn't feel judged. Mm. And coming into a larger group, you know, it was like. It's dangerous. Yeah, you run like, that risk yeah. of like people are going to judge me. Like, right. what are they going to think? I'm this uh, new girl risk. singing on stage. And yeah. then part right. of the part of it too is Takis grew up here. Everyone knows Takis. Yeah, they do. Mm, so I'm like Takis's wife now. Like they don't know they don't know who I am. Right. You know, I'm just Takis's wife. And so I feel I kind of felt pressure from that too. Like I need to put on a good show for these people because I'm Takis's wife, and like I don't want them to think like, wow, what did Takis do marrying this woman? You know, yeah. like. So that was kind so of a still thing. They were all thinking perfect. actually yeah. the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. like, how did Takis wow, pull did this off? <laughs> <laughs> She's so out of his league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what was kind of within that context of like all of that moving into a new church, all the new like relationship with Jesus is still just maintaining? Was there like a depth that was coming out of it? Like this, like you're taking risks that kind of you've mm-hmm. never really taken before. Like was there – like a deepening or was it just like, I'm just doing the thing. Yeah. Did you feel like this was the, oh, I'm saying yes to like, you are consciously like I'm giving him my yes. Or is this just, I'm doing these things as opposed to this is a conscious, he's calling me to it. And I'm saying, I'm being bold and saying mm-hmm. yes. Cause that seems like more of a, something that's happened maybe over the last yeah. like three years. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I think at the time, like, like I know we've talked before singing has always been something I felt called to do like if I'm not singing specifically like worshiping in some aspect I feel like something's missing like my soul feels like not not dead per se but just like like just like something's missing like yeah. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing um and so like that's part of why I tried out cuz I'm like or audition cuz I'm like I knew I needed to be singing um but yeah I don't think there was that element of like you know, I'm going to give God my yes no matter what. Right. Like this was more just a, a soul feeling of like this is what I should be doing, hmm. but I'm still really scared, you hmm. know. Um, yeah, I don't think that came until later on in the game. What shifted? Yeah. Like what for that shift? Let's make that. Um, I, will ha- I would have to say the Rattle series. Hmm. That, that really um, – that made me do a lot of things I didn't want to do. You were uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. That I whole was very, series, you were yes. very uncomfortable. Yes. Um, it really, yeah, something something about that series, God just really worked in my heart. Like, mm. you know, you need to get over these fears and and stop putting your identity in the things that you're doing and, mm. and rely on him. Because I, so many times I do things in my own strength, you know, and it's like, I, I, I almost feel like I have to, you know, it's like, I'm strong. Like I can mm-hmm. do this on my own. I don't need anybody, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, and, so, and then you hit the limit of your strength. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and then, then that's it. Nothing. Yeah, you can't really say yes to much else. Yeah. yeah. So during the rattle series, um, I mean, one of the things I did was I I started I said yes to leading that high school group. Like the, yep. um, it was a Bible study group, and I remember texting you and Martin. I'm oh like, I don't know gosh. what I'm doing. Like, please <laughs> help. So please fantastic help. watching you. Yeah. Just oh, it was agonizing. Does that it group still so meet? Great. They do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Are you still doing it? I'm not. It didn't fit into my schedule this year. But my Sunday nights around here six. I know. Five to seven o'clock. Adam's been, try- Adam's been oh. trying to recruit me, but maybe but that eventually. was an amazing. Yeah. Watch. No, I loved the messages of like, man, you say what yes. do I like? Just the yeah. I, I could show you the Facebook messages are like these. Like, first of all, Kelly, I've never read that many words at one time in my whole entire <laughs> life. I don't know how you typed all those into one text. It was uh, so cool, it, though. It's so spoken to your. Yeah. These are going to be high school girls. Yep. There was that whole thing, and they're cool. And I wasn't cool in high school, and I'm kind of nerdy. And I'm just reading the same thing. I'm yep. reading all these messages. Like, you have no idea how amazing you are. Yep. And part of the impetus kind of behind this, you doing this that you and I talked about, is so many, ch- yeah, we have these stories of my childhood was like this, my childhood was like that. I made decisions and then boom, those big like, yeah. but not everybody has the road to Damascus stories. And if you do, that's fantastic. But it, just by virtue of you being kind of more of a shy, quiet person, getting someone like you on the podcast is difficult, but there are so many people right. listening to the podcast going, but I'm shy and I'm quiet. I, there's no one telling a story that sounds yeah. like mine, that or the slow and steady. Yeah. Just the Jesus been my life, my whole, been in my life my whole life. But that was like, man, that was a huge callback. And it's doing cool the to high see, school like, thing. It was hitting all those. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was very tough. And it's you cool to see too. Like did it. the reality of like, it would have been really easy to find your identity in your past yeses. Like I did the audition. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. arrived. That's so right. Good. I've done what I've needed to do. Like there's so many people that have like said that yes before, whatever it might be, and now like I'm done. Mm-hmm. But sure, like yeah, you you have that strong conviction and gifting to sing, but I have more. Yeah. I have more for you. And I think that aspect not me. Yeah. Obviously, I have a wonderful yeah. plan yeah. for you serving at Tab Youth, but uh, <laughs> but that like God saying like I have more for you. It's so good. Like will you say yes? Yeah. And I think just that reality of like I don't know the 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 thread that I've seen from the beginning of this conversation just to now is whether it be small or big like leading that high school group is like time after time after time your convictions mm-hmm. always outweigh your comfort. Oh, that's so Even good. though it was uncomfortable to audition and Tagus had to talk you into it, you did it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even though they asked you four minutes before church started to lead worship, you did it. Even though you were a part of that group that it would have been way easier just to compromise, yeah, you didn't. And I think that there's just something to be learned. Learn. There's something to take note of in your changed life story is just this idea of like your – convictions you never compromised your convictions because of your comfort like you you were willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of continuing to align with your convictions and i think that's just so counter anything we (laughs) see in the world today is like yeah no my comfort says this so i'll just change my convictions i'll try to redefine what truth is to fit my comfort rather than this conviction that and i think it just comes from i think you that had the blessing of being introduced to like biblical theology and standard early in your life um and that kind of guided the way but i don't know i just see this like overwhelming like strong convicted whether you were shy introverted whatever you said yes to Jesus your whole life, even when it wasn't easy, and you did it quietly. 
which is even harder, right? It was just like, I'm just going to continue. Yes. After this is like, you are like, your story is just like, this is what dominoes do. And I don't, I don't know. I just appreciate well, when that. you say comfort, I love what I love you. Just, did you steal that or is that yours? I probably made it up That's or I probably fantastic. stole it. You probably stole it. It sounds like an Andy Stanleyism. No, I promise you I didn't steal it from you. Because <laughs> then you'd have to listen to him. And no offense if you do, but. <laughs> but. <laughs> you just made a toot noise in the microphone. That was Benji. Um, <laughs> Throw him under the bus. So you say you chose conviction over comfort. When I think of comfort, it was like, well, I want to be comfortable. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I have 20 bucks in my pocket. I don't want to give 10 because I want to keep the 20. We're talking conviction over sometimes like abject, like horror (laughs) and terror. And like, there's no way I can do this. I want to throw up. I want, it's like, we're not just talking like, I want to be more comfortable. It's like, no, no, no. This is like. Survival. Yeah. Yeah. Legit (laughs) survival. Like I'm having a, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I'm crying. I can't sleep. I can't. It's like, and you still were like, I I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm not, I'm saying comfort. Yes, but I'm saying even comfort is like, not just, oh, I'm to be comfortable because we want to be comfortable. We've been comfortably off. I have enough money to, it's like, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. This is like the enemy is full on attacking you constantly. You're, that's, I think, huge. For sure. Is that your conviction is so, so, so strong. It's one of the things I absolutely love about you. Um, Well, I think, I think one of the, one of the things that um, played into that, too, was just, you know, there were times in my life where I didn't listen to God. You mm. know, it's like especially when it came to the area of dating, because my plan was to be married by 25 and have at least one kid by the time I was 30. Well, when 30 hit and I was still single, you know, I was it was hard because yeah. all my friends were getting married. I wanted to have mm. a family. And so, like, I, I didn't always pick the best until Tacus. You know, I right. had I had a couple of doozies that I picked, you know, and I got hurt because of it. And in I think, you know, looking at, back on stuff like that made it, I don't want to say easier to say yes to God, mm. but it was like, mm. it just kind of reinforced that, like, well, but if I say no, <laughs> like, what's going to happen? You right. know, like, I knew that better right. things lie ahead if I said yes, as opposed to trying to do it my own way, because I tried that and it didn't work so well. Yeah, right. like, no, so, right. Well, when I say yes, you got to work out. When I say no, I brought a Mormon schizophrenic home <laughs> yes. to meet my parents. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. they, I mean, when you put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, you know, and there was another one, another one, another guy had dated. This was after I had got my job at Munson <laughs> and I was with him for, I think, like nine months total, like, mm. or yeah, because we dated for a while, then we <laughs> broke up, then got back together, and then broke up again. But that was that was still at a time where I I was I wasn't real confident in myself, mm. and and he he thought he had himself figured out. Mm. He had read all these self help mm. books, and now he was going to help me, yeah. you know, because I had all these insecurities. But he was really impatient with them, mm. and when my insecurities would surface, he was not nice. Mm. Like um. Like one, you know, he called me pathetic a couple of times, mm. told me to shut up. And like the person I am now looking back on that, right. I would have never put up with that. Mm. I would I would have, I would have said sayonara after like the second date, you know, mm. and I've been like, yeah. see you later. But I but thought you that. you see the growth from yeah, who you were Yeah, but it's like, then. I thought that's yeah. the best I was going to get. So mm. I was trying mm. to make it work. And it mm. took some, some strong Christian women in my life that I knew saying, this isn't yeah. good, you know, like, like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like this. If this is from God, like you shouldn't be feeling like this, yeah. you know? And mm. Oh, that's good too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that. So now you're on team. Mm-hmm. You're here. And so, and how soon, how soon after you were on team did Evan come along? 
Do you have oh, your first? Oh, gosh. So he was born in 2017. And I, I think we started at the tab, it was shortly after we got married, which was 2014. So Evan, okay. I was probably in team a couple years, maybe okay. before Evan mm-hmm. came along. Because that's a huge, I think, for obviously for women becoming a mother. But I think when you are, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but when you are a perfectionist, and it's like, and your children kind of become an extension of you. So if you don't have the perfect child and children are horrible, especially little ones, it's like, how does that start to feed in? But now you're on team and great things are happening there. But so the Rattle series was a huge, mm-hmm. huge change for you. Yes. Yeah. So um, how does all that kind of come in together, becoming a mom? Because that was a big thing. It that was. was big thing. It was. Um, that That's hard because, you know, again, trying to find my identity. Now my identity. So I, after I had Jackson, which is my second child, um, I became a stay-at-home mom. I just felt like God was calling me to do that. And so I did. Um, and, but because I kind of lost that identity of being a, a scientist, you know, I mean, I'm still a scientist because that's well, what I graduated Based on in. the words I've heard you use but, today, you are a scientist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scientist but like, of words. yeah, but I, I'm not a I'm not a practicing scientist anymore. You know, as Word far as day. like the lab, the lab stuff. And in this room, yeah, yes, you scientist. are. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so that was hard because that was a huge part of who I was. Um, yeah. like I said, I took a lot of pride in what I did, and it was cool being like people are like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "I'm a scientist," you know. Right. And but you knew God. I mean, God was so clearly. Oh yes, yes. I may remember that whole when you were making that decision, you the things you were wrestling with. And how God was opening doors, because yes. there's obviously a lot of things have to change when you become, you know, have a one work, one parent working family. You guys had to make some look at it. You were so careful and you did your due diligence, but ultimately was like, this is what I have to do. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it was a that was a big deal. It was. It was, it was a big and, God thing. Yeah. So then I had to shift from, you know, not I, I felt like I lost my identity over here with the, the, the lab scientist part of it. And now I'm a mom. And so. You know, that I kind of made that my identity, you mm. know, and I hadn't learned my lesson yet that it's not about what I do, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> so I made that my identity. So, yes, when you have kids who start acting up or you're having issues with them, both my boys can be very strong willed, you know, especially Jackson. But Evan, even when he was, you know, yeah. Jackson's age, he we had some real struggles with him. And and I was just feeling like a failure. Mm. Like, I can't, I don't know how many times I've texted her being like, I am failing at this. Mo- <laughs> like, what am I doing wrong that my children are acting like this? You know? And like, oh, my gosh, nothing. Yeah. And, and everybody knows you. And everyone knows your husband. And you're yeah. on stage at church. And yeah. 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 So my kids are the ones running around the seats and stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Don't worry. So are everybody else. I know. <laughs> I know. But um, campuses. But yeah, so that Manistee that became... is a madhouse. Your <laughs> kids are nothing compared to Manistee. <laughs> it is like a street fight in our lobby at the conclusion of service. Oh. No one is safe. <laughs> I recommend anybody over the age of 60 use a walker because there's no telling what could happen to you through that lobby. It is insanity. Oh, my God. Like <laughs> Am I wrong? Fight? No. It's insane. <laughs> it's the best. It's your favorite. But you're like, somebody's going to die. It's a hard <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, the tabernacle yeah, version. <laughs> Campus pastor kid beating up first-time yeah. visitors, kids, and you're like, what is happening so out here? Goodness. Somebody <laughs> help. Kids are just licking the windows. <laughs> Welcome to the Manistee campus. Hello. Jackson's licked our windows at home, but he's never licked the church windows, as far as I'm aware. Well, but. wouldn't be the first one. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, so that became... Part of my identity, and then it it kind of it kind of bleeds over into the other areas. Like if I feel like I'm failing there, 
then I, I start feeling like, well, I don't know that I should be up on stage leading right now. Right. Like I'm yeah. not in this good place mentally. I'm not connecting with the worship because I'm struggling on my, you know, individually. So I shouldn't be up there leading people. Mm. Like I have no right to be up there. Mm. You know, that that's my, my right. inner thoughts, you know, and yeah, Victoria's talked me down from many a ledge, many an emotional <laughs> yeah. ledge. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those like, well, if you had to be perfect to lead worship, it wouldn't happen. There'd be nobody right. on yeah. stage right. yeah. and it'd so, be an empty room. Yes, that's yeah. good. No. That's it. Yeah, I love it. So what would you say kind of in this season, like if you could leave people with like what something like Jesus is teaching you or he has taught you, like what would you leave the people with like in that aspect? Oh, gosh, there's so much, so much that he's taught me. Um, I mean, through that Rattle series, you know, I started, I even started going to the women's retreat, which I was one mm. of those women. I'm like, yeah. I'm never going to women's retreat. But, um, but and that last women's retreat. That was another huge. Oh, yes. That was huge because leading up to it was just so much turmoil. Yeah. I had a lot of turmoil in my personal life going on. And um, she had asked me if I wanted to help lead worship Mm -hmm. at the women's retreat. And I was like, sure, you know. But yeah, I had so much going on. So I remember that I got there early to do rehearsal and stuff. And I was just not in a good place. Like I was in tears. And I'm like, I can't do this. And and she had to have a little come to Jesus talk with me because she's like, <laughs> but it was good. I mean, that's what I love about about our friendship is like she can be honest with me. She speaks the truth in love. Victoria's I mean, not honest with people. Yeah. No. And it, it might not be the most comfortable conversation, but I know that that she loves me and she cares yeah. about me and that she has my best interest. So mm. I listen. That's what and you wanted her on here. I take it to heart, <laughs> but she's my she's my security blanket. Yeah, no, I love that. <laughs> no, but um, ditto as well. But yeah, so so she she told me like you need to let this stuff go. She mm. goes, I'm afraid that you're gonna miss out on what God has for you this mm. weekend because you're so caught up in in your head, That's you a know. Word. Yeah, and it was true, and um, and it took it took a few hours, but by the time we had to actually get up and do worship that night for the first session, it was like all of a sudden it was just all that stuff was gone, and and yeah, I just. It was unbelievable, led, and it yeah. was cool. It was yeah. it was the coolest weekend. Um, awesome, it was. yeah. And then the following weekend, that was the first weekend that I had to lead yep. church by myself, like mm. lead because the the worship leader who was up there, you know, she had to step down. And I think you were gone that weekend. You're like, mm-hmm. I'd do it, but I'm not going to be there. And I was already scheduled to sing, you know, yeah. backup vocals. And oh, I remember. Yeah, so I get a, I get a text on Friday, and it's like, uh, so don't panic. But <laughs> so I still owe my yeah. text. Awesome. But you have to lead. Okay. And I was terrified, you know. Yeah. I'm like, I don't I don't I don't want to do this, you know, and I'm like, but I do, but I don't, you know, and yeah. and this that was part of like the saying yes to God is like yeah. I had to- we had talked and I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want to say no because I'm scared. Right. You know, and But it was like the conf- I don't think when you look at it and we look at it's one of our favorite worship songs, I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe you're gonna do it again. And so as you were that weekend I think if it happened before the women's retreat, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, do you know what I mean? But you were kind of having a, a callback in your mind to the women's retreat yeah. where if I mm-hmm. don't do this, I might miss something that God has for me. If I don't get out of my own head and say yes and push the fear back, I might miss something he has for me. And I feel like the women's retreat, because we didn't know that was going to happen the week after, mm-hmm. it was completely unexpected. And it's like, I just, I feel like he, yeah. like you said, he kind of, Gently, or not so gently, but he did pave the way for it. He knew what was coming, but I think you had to do your part during the women's retreat, which was you saying, okay, I'm going to get out of my head. I don't want to miss what he has for me. And what he had for you was, I think, setting you up for that following weekend. Mm-hmm. When you led, you led. 
yeah like the whole thing it's awesome which is crazy yeah yeah i met yeah i remember i was backstage you know waiting to go on and i i was praying so hard because i'm like i can't do this yeah. like i cannot do this on my yeah. own and i just prayed and prayed and i got out there and i opened my mouth and i have never sang like that before mm. like never it's in my crazy. life and i was like what is going on right now yeah that's but, cool i love it but yeah so because I, it wasn't you when you say i can't do this it's mm. like no yeah you can't yep yeah that's your correct a place to be yeah. yeah and i guess you know that's that's i guess the overarching theme i guess is just giving your yes to God, even when it's not comfortable or when it's really hard. I mean, I don't like being on stage in front of people. Mm. You know, it's not comfortable for me. And people think that because I'm up there, I'm an extrovert. And, oh, surely you must like being I'm like, no, like I love to worship and yeah. I, I feel like it's my calling to worship. But I'm like, I, I don't like being up in front of people. I'd yeah. rather lead from the green room, you yeah. know. I think but, yeah, a lot of our team actually are quite introverted. Yeah. 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 But it's like, I just. You just sounded so British when you said that. That's what's British sounding you said. That's that's got to go as a just clip, Lily, so people know yeah. cultured around yeah. here. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just you know I know that a lot of people struggle with mm. anxiety and feeling just not good enough and all yeah. that stuff. And I just I just want people to know that like it doesn't matter how you feel because like that's not how God sees you, you <laughs> yeah, know. And it's good. like it's okay it's to be like, shy. It is okay to be a quieter yeah. person yeah. in general. Yeah, because yeah. that's the other thing. I always felt like I had to be more outgoing. Like yeah. there's something wrong with me because I'm shy. Mm. And it's not. I mean, that's just, just my are. personality. Yeah, but awesome. God can still use that, you know, as mm -hmm. long as you're willing to say yes. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I love that. Oh, my gosh. Love that. Thank you so much for coming, being a part of the podcast today. I think there's a lot that we can learn and glean um, from your story, whether it be just holding tightly to your convictions. Um, for some people listening to this, it's maybe getting to a place of knowing what your convictions are. Um, but I think at the end of the day, just realizing like your yes is so much more valuable than your comfort, than your anything else. Like in, yeah, yeah, in the times, I think, I think that's something that we, like I see in your story is like, sometimes if the enemy can't get you to detour from your convictions, maybe he can distract you and using fear or whatever it is to distract you from the things that maybe God has for you. Um, but I love that you're just like eyes fixed on Jesus saying yes there's a lot to learn and to be gleaned from that. So to have family, we're going to leave you with it. Um, and I would, I would challenge you this week, um, where somewhere maybe that, uh, that God's asking you to take a step uh, to say yes to him, that uh, maybe you're scared. Um, I'd encourage you to talk to somebody about it um, or just say yes and let him be God and you not be God for a minute. So mm -hmm. Kelly, thank you. Victoria, thank you so much. Benji, you did all right. <laughs> Tab family, make sure you like, subscribe, um, share these episodes, whether it be on Facebook. Kelly would love her picture is going to be on this. Ooh, she yay. would love if you just shared this and put it all over the internet. <laughs> if this could just be our most viewed episode, it would make Kelly so happy. So happy. Yeah, oh, we for sure so want well. it to be more shared than Tacus's. So, uh, Tab family, until next time, we appreciate y'all. This is Benji, Victoria, Kelly, and me, Britton, signing off.